Uh, is this thing still on? It's been a while. This show's been on hiatus for a couple of months. I told you that Doug and I were going to put something together, the likes of which you had not ever seen before, and I still plan to do that. But it's not going to happen in the immediate future because I've got bigger things on my plate right now. So what I wanted to do was, well, something. And uh, Doug and I started talking, and he said, Hey, um, hey, remember the Deeper Thought podcast you did a couple of years ago? Doug and I decided that we could go through some of those episodes. Over the next several weeks, several months, you're going to get access to what you previously weren't able to. Hopefully, this little provocation will help you sell something that you haven't sold before. And uh, stay tuned for these episodes as they drop week over week. I think you're going to take something away from them. I know you're going to be entertained by them. And uh, I just, I can't wait to talk to you again real soon. My name's Jeff Bajoric, and my career in sales has been a hell of a ride. And I want to bring you along with me. If you prefer to sell things at a premium, if you never want to win a deal on price, rethink the way you sell. Welcome back to the Rethink the Way You Sell podcast. I am your host, Jeff Bajoric, and I've got this little bonus episode for you. Um, I wasn't planning this, and I told you at the very beginning that I was going to record these seasons um, ahead of time. And then once they were done, I was going to put them out there for you. You're going to get them twice a week till we run out, and then there'll be another season coming, right? And um, that's exactly what happened here, except a couple of things have happened. One, I really wanted to acknowledge the people who have reached out, who have rated the podcast, who have reviewed the podcast, who have sent me the compliments of wow, Jeff, we're blown away by this, by, by the, the, the value of the content, but also the production value. And hat tip to my friend and producer, Doug Branson, who, um, I mean, makes me sound really good and also lays down a bed of music and, and thoughtful audio underneath this content to really make it the experience that it is. So really couldn't do this project the way I'm doing it right now without him. Uh, maybe not at all, but you know, we'll get into that uh, at another time. I had kind of an epiphany recently. And I, I think given the subject matter of this, um, this first season, this mini season, uh, I think it's appropriate to share with you here. And my mind is kind of racing in the best possible way because I've realized some things in myself that I think you might be able to relate to. I I just, I want to share them with you right now. And before I get into my personal story, I want to I want, I want to lay out this, this concept for you that I learned several years ago. The first time I ever heard uh, the resistance talked about, it was in Seth Godin's work, probably the Icarus Deception, because it was one of the first pieces of Seth Godin's uh, work, one of the first books that I ever really read by him. And he refers to his friend Stephen Pressfield, who's a brilliant novelist and also um, a nonfiction author who will write books that will kick your butt and get it into gear. And Pressfield talks a lot about the resistance. He defines it as a universal force that acts against human creativity. And I just, I love that term. But he says, look, resistance cannot be seen, touched, heard, or smelled, but it can be felt. And I think we've all felt that at some time. We've all felt like, ah, there's just something, I don't know what's stopping me, but... I I know I can do this thing, and I just don't know why I'm not doing it. 
and I recognize that I'm not doing it, and there's this invisible hand just kind of holding me back, holding me down, and it, it drives some people absolutely mad. Um, I've come close a couple of times. Um, but he says it feels like a lousy misery pervading everything, like unhappiness, like boredom, like restlessness, or hell. Not everybody in sales is a creative like I am. Um, and, and actually, I think I've uh, been encouraged or even forced to be more creative in this aspect of my career than I ever was when I was carrying a bag and knocking on doors and you know, standing in operating rooms. But if you've ever fought this internal battle of should I, shouldn't I, I know I can, but I don't feel like I will. I know I can. I don't know if I should. Well, that's exactly where I was. It's exactly where in some ways I still am, but I'm pulling myself out. And I, I thought this was um, a very poignant discussion to have at the end of this first season because there's a lot of momentum coming out of that what is your why exercise. There's a lot of good vibes. There's a lot of um, just great energy that comes out of that. Uh, th- those five questions. That's why I wanted to start this podcast here. But now the question is, how far will you let that momentum take you? And is there a point that you will decide to get in your own way? I want you to think about that. Because I didn't even realize it, but I've been getting in mine. The life that I have built, the life that I am living, the life I'm still building, quite frankly, in, I don't know, so many ways, the majority of ways, is much bigger, much grander, much richer than I ever thought it was going to be, considering where I came from. And in some ways that works against me. I mean, look, I've, I've gotten lucky. I've caught some breaks. I've worked my ass off and I've earned a lot of privileges and done a lot of really cool things that just, you know, growing up weren't even possible. Even to this day, there are people in my family don't understand what I do, can't comprehend what I do for a living. And, and I feel that judgment and it's not, fair to me. And it's not fair to a lot of them to call them out, but there's this lack of understanding. So if I'm not being judged at the very least, I am not relatable to a lot of people who are close to me. And that, that's a burden. It doesn't need to be, maybe I can make it less of one, but that's a bit of a burden. And I'm bringing this up because I know there's someone out there listening to this right now that feels the same way. And we get it all the time that don't forget what you came, or don't forget where you came from. Well, I'm not trying to forget where I came from. It doesn't mean I, I want to stay there. And I was that guy that didn't want to stay there. That's why I went away to school. Not far, just a couple hours. That's why I moved away from the town I grew up in. Not far, 25 minutes. But I didn't want to be in the same place, drinking the same beer in the same bars with the same people. And there's not anything wrong with that. It's just not me. But I've got this tension, I've felt this tension my entire life of wanting something more, but not wanting to forget where I came from and not wanting to be ungrateful for what I had. But, you know, in that headspace, I could just feel that something wasn't right. I feel like in a lot of ways I'm cursed by knowing that I could be really good at something because I feel responsible to be really good at something. And... 
this this feeling of I know I can be so much more runs into this the 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 un you know that was the unstoppable force and the immovable object right well what about that immovable object of but Jeff you've never seen anybody do that before you've never seen anybody do that that has your same priorities I don't know if that's possible and I've thought about this from um, my business standpoint I mean there are people who do what I do that do really really well. And not just financially, but all the perks that go along with it. And you've read the books, The Million Dollar Coach, Million Dollar Consultant, Million Dollar This, Million Dollar That. The money's there. If you're good at what you do and if you believe in what you do, it's there for you to go get. But it's not just about being afraid of that financial number, that, you know, that, that, that financial reward or that financial consequence. For me, it was about if I want to go out there and make a million dollars – What's that going to take? And not do I not have what it takes, but what am I going to have to give up? I've got kids. Right now as I record this, I've got one who's going to be 11 in a few weeks. I've got one who's going to be 13 in a few months. They still like me. I like that they still like me. I don't know how much longer that's going to last. If I have to... Stop being the husband and the father that I want to be so I can go make some money? That doesn't sound right. That doesn't pass the say it out loud test. But at the same time, isn't there a way? Well, you know what? I hadn't seen a way. As a matter of fact, some of the people that I had talked to, and I bounced this idea around a little bit. Look, what's most important to me is that I'm home for dinner more often than I'm away. Is that I can, you know, if I can't coach volleyball and soccer and t-ball or whatever, at least I can make it to most of the games. And, you know, everybody I saw who was, at least visibly from where I could see, was as successful as those levels. I saw... They didn't have kids, or they didn't have kids my age. They're, they're the ages of mine. Or maybe they didn't have kids at all, or, or maybe they, um, you know, they just they had, a, they had different priorities. And so when you start seeing that, when you see people do it, but they don't look exactly like you, you start to make excuses for them. You start to make excuses for yourself. Oh, they can do that because they don't have fill-in-the-blank. They don't have the same resistance that I do, the same issues to overcome that I do. That would completely discounting the fact that they have issues of their own, right? But you start to make excuses for why you can't do those things. But here's the, the kicker for me. As I realized recently, when I started seeing people, colleagues of mine who I have great respect for, colleagues of mine who look like me, colleagues of mine who haven't given up the things that I thought I was going to need to give up and have still reached those heights. All of a sudden, I saw something in myself. I saw an opportunity. I saw potential. I said, well, maybe I can have all of these things. Huh. Now I'm intrigued. And then I thought a little bit further and I said, oh my goodness. My telling myself that I can't hit this financial level, this financial reward, this revenue target is really what it is. By telling myself I can't hit this revenue target because I don't want it, I'm preventing myself from getting halfway there. 
Now, think about this. I don't care what goal it is. If you are convincing yourself that you really don't want to get there so that you don't have to feel bad about not getting there, think about the concept that you may be preventing yourself from ever getting even halfway there. You know that saying, like, aim for the moon, and, you know, even if you miss, you might hit a star, right? Like, it sounds trite. It sounds, you know, it, it's, it's nursery rhyme kind of stuff, right? When we're kids, we hear things like that. But really think about that. Think about the cost of not aiming for the moon. How much are you leaving on the table? How much fulfillment are you leaving out there? How much good are you not doing? That's what clicked for me. And that's what I wanted to share with you. You, like me, probably have so many things to be grateful for. It's okay if you're still dissatisfied. Don't let the cognitive dissonance of the place you came from, the people who you really treasure, their opinions, that gravitational pull, don't let that interfere with what you know you're capable of. Here's what I'm learning is that I can be respectful of those people while still disregarding everything that they're holding over my head. And, come on, they're not actually holding it over my head. You know, we just, we create these narratives for ourselves. And I want you to recognize that you are creating that narrative and that you are the one with the control, with the power to release yourself from that narrative. So when things really clicked for me, when I really saw people who I respect doing things that I wish I could do, and I saw them not having to give up the same things I was afraid I was going to have to give up, those things all lining up at the right time, and I'm upset they didn't happen, you know, a long time ago, but whatever. (laughs) Those things all lining up at the right time, that's like a permission slip. And now all of a sudden, it's like full speed ahead. Now I don't have to worry. Now I don't have to fight that tug of war or or get engaged or involved in that tug of war over should I, shouldn't I? But I can, but I shouldn't. No. Why don't I just go after that? It's like I've, I feel 10 pounds lighter. I've got more energy. There's no cognitive dissonance about what to do on a daily basis. It's literally... What do you want to go get? What's the plan to get there? And what do I get to do right now? You're the only one who can give yourself that permission slip. And even if you don't see the example right in front of you, I promise you it's out there. There are too many people doing too much good work for there not to be. So I'm going to ask you to take that leap of faith. I'm going to ask you, to question yourself and and to question the beliefs that are holding you down, that are holding you back. I want you to be aware of that stuff. And I want you to let it go. If it's really holding you back, I want you to let it go. And I want you to see what you can actually do. It's unbelievable the kind of freedom that that provides you. 
And, um, you know, look, I'm still dipping my toe in this particular water. There's much more to come. But as the, the road clears in front of me, man, it feels good to even think about pushing the pedal down a little bit instead of worrying if I should still be riding the brakes. So thank you. Thank you for listening. Thanks for indulging this. Uh, thank you for, um, I mean, really, again, the feedback that I've gotten about this show has been great. There's still plenty of opportunity if you want. It's a limitless opportunity, actually. I don't know where that came from. <laughs> I'm just riffing here. But, you know, if you wouldn't mind, you know, reviewing or rating this podcast, sharing it with somebody else would be big. Um, I think the work I'm doing here is really, really good. I know it is helping a lot of people. And I know that it'll help anybody who listens to it. I appreciate you. I'm going to talk to you again really soon. I'm not going to tease the second season too much here, but I will tell you that it is about the difference between top performers and everybody else, especially in sales. And I will tell you too that the traits of top performing salespeople don't have a whole lot to do with selling skills. So really looking forward to that. You can anticipate that season dropping here in a couple of weeks and uh, so much more to come after that. Thank you. I'll talk to you again soon.